Hi, my name is Jackie and welcome to After the Last Page, a show where I read books of all genres, some trending and some not, and I'll give you my unbiased reviews. Let's get started. Today's episode of After the Last Page features Abby Tuvmenes' new novel, Part of Your World. Now, if you haven't heard of Abby Jimenez, you are missing out. She is one of my favorite romance authors, and for very good reason, and I'm going to share that with you today. Now, Jimenez has written several other books, such as The Friend Zone and Life's Too Short. You guys might have already listened to our episode about the Happy Ever After playlist, which was released a couple of weeks ago. Now, Part of Your World features a small town in Minnesota. The protagonist is a doctor. And it is a love story. This book is a fast-paced read, and it has elements of magical realism. Now, as I say fast-paced read, this paperback version is nearly 400 pages. However, I got through this book in two days, and I am certain that it would be a great read to bring to the beach, to take on vacation with you this spring. It is going to be a fantastic, popular book. I see it now. So let's get into today's synopsis. Alexis Montgomery is next in line to her family's throne, the medical throne that is. Coming from 125 years of Montgomery's, Alexis is the first to take up emergency medicine, but not surgery. With the pressure of her narcissistic father, her emotionally abusive ex-partner and surgeon, and her enabling mother and friends, Alexis feels she has no way out of the life she was meant to inherit until she hits a raccoon on the side of the road in a small town. Daniel Grant is an heir in his own right. Wakan has been run by the Grants for as long as anyone can remember, and a Grant has always been the town mayor. Daniel's never questioned his lineage until he rescues a red-headed beauty from the side of the road. Struggling to make ends meet, Daniel's not sure how he can keep Alexis, a woman with ten times his income, and ten years older than him. Yet he knows he can't live without her. Together, Daniel and Alexis are unstoppable. But the two cease to exist outside of Wakan town limits. Can the magic of Wakan keep them together? Or will Alexis and Daniel be destined to follow the path that has already been laid out for them since birth, separately? Let's get into a short excerpt from today's novel. Chapter 1. Alexis Moths fluttered in my headlights over the long grass of the ditch. I was still clutching the wheel, my heart pounding. I'd swerved to miss a raccoon in the fog and careened into a shallow embankment on the side of the road. I was okay. Shaken, but okay. I tried putting the car in reverse and my tires spun uselessly. Probably mud. Ugh. I should have bought the SUV instead of the sedan. I turned off the engine, put on the hazards, and called roadside assistance. They told me it'd be an hour wait. Perfect. Just perfect. I was still a two-hour drive from home, stuck on some lonely stretch between the funeral home I just left in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and my house in Minneapolis. I was starving, I had to use the bathroom, and I was in shapewear. 
basically the grand finale to the worst week ever. I called my best friend Bree. She answered on the first ring. So, how was Hell Week? Well, I can tell you how it ended, I said, reclining my seat. I just drove my car into a ditch. Ouch, are you okay? I am. Did you call a tow truck? I did. An hour wait. And I'm in Spanx. She sucked air through her teeth. Satan's underwear? You didn't change before you left? You must have run out of there like you were being chased. Where are you? She asked. I peered out the windshield. I have no idea. Literally, the middle of nowhere. I don't even see street lamps. Did you mess up your car? I don't know, I said. I haven't had a chance to get out to check. I don't think so. I shifted uncomfortably in my seat. You know what? Hold on. I'm taking these off. I got unbuckled and reclined the seat as far as it would go. I took off my heels and tossed them on the passenger's side, then reached around to unzip myself. I wiggled out of the attached bra straps and leaned all the way back and pulled my black cocktail dress up around my hips, hooking my thumbs into the top of my Spanx. There was nobody out here. I hadn't seen another car on this road in a half hour. But just as I started to wrestle the nylons down, headlights poured through my back windshield. Because, of course, they did. Shoot, I breathed, moving faster. It was like trying to get out of a full-body compression sock while being timed for speed. I heard a car door slam, and I got frantic, fighting my spandex restraints down to my knees under the steering wheel and then kicking out of them just as someone came up to the window. A large, shaggy dog popped out of nowhere and jumped up on my door to look in at me. Then, a bearded white guy in a denim jacket with a wool collar came up behind. Hunter, down. He pulled the dog off my car and tapped on the glass with a knuckle. Hey, you okay in there? My zipper was still half undone and my dress was hiked almost to my underwear. I'm fine, I said, tucking my dress over my thighs, pivoting to put my bear back to the passenger side. Raccoon. He put a hand to his ear. I'm sorry, I can't really hear you. I cracked the window an inch. I swerved for a raccoon. I'm fine, I said again, louder. He looked amused. Yeah, we've got a lot of those around here. Want me to tow you out? I called a tow truck. Thank you, though. If you called a tow truck, you're waiting on Carl, he said. You might be waiting a while. He nodded down the road. He's six beers deep at the VFW. I closed my eyes and let out a tired breath. When I opened them, the man was smiling. Give me a sec, I'll tow you out. He didn't wait for me to reply, just walked back behind my car. I hurriedly zipped myself up. Then I picked up my phone again. Some guy is towing me out, I whispered to Bree. I angled my rear view to try to see his plates, but his headlights were in my eyes. I heard metallic clanking from outside. The dog jumped back up to look at me through the window. His nubby tail began wagging and he barked. Is that a dog? Bree asked. Yeah, he belongs to the guy, I said, shaking my head at the dog. He was licking the glass. Why are you so out of breath? I was in the middle of trying to get my spanks off when he showed up, I said, grabbing them from the floor and bawling them into my purse. I was half naked when he walked up to the window. She laughed so hard I had to pull the phone away from my ear. It's not funny, I whispered. Maybe not to you, she said, still laughing. So what's that guy look like? Some creepy old dude? No, 
He's kind of cute, actually, I said, trying to see the activity behind me in the side mirror. Ah, and what do you look like? I glanced down at myself. Hair and makeup done. Black funeral dress. The Dolce one? Yeah. So looking hot. I'm going to stay on the phone with you in case you get murdered. Ha, thanks. I leaned back in my seat. So did the funeral suck? Bree asked. I let out a long breath. It sucked so bad. Everyone kept asking where Neil was. What'd you tell them? Nothing. That we broke up and I didn't want to talk about it. I wasn't getting into it, and of course Derek was a no-show. What a time to be in Cambodia. He's missing all the fun, Bree said. My twin brother had a penchant for avoiding the family drama. I couldn't say he knew great Aunt Lil was going to die suddenly in her nursing home and that I was going to be thrust alone into the lion's den at the three-day family reunion slash funeral that followed, but it was very on brand for him nonetheless. I rolled the window down another few inches so I could pet the dog. He had bushy old man eyebrows and wide golden eyes that made him look startled to see me. Mom did a really nice job with that eulogy, I said, giving the dog's ear a scratch. Doesn't surprise me. And Neil texted me the whole time. Also doesn't surprise me. That man has nothing but the audacity. Did you reply? Um, no, I said. Good. More clanking from outside. All right. So listen, Bree said. I was thinking we could do a double date thing when you get back. I groaned. Hear me out. It's not all convoluted. This was going to be convoluted. Both of us picked the hottest guys we can find on Tinder. Probably someone posing with a fish, but that's not important. We take them to the cafe outside of Nick's office, the one where he gets his lunch every day at 11.30. And then when Nick shows up, we act totally surprised to see him there. You pretend to trip and spill some red wine down his shirt by accident, and I'll make out with my date. I choked on my laugh. As much as I'd like to help you destroy your soon-to-be ex-husband's clothes, I said, still tittering. I am not dating for the foreseeable future. I don't need any men in my life right now or ever. She scoffed. Yeah, well, we're all strong-ass women until a smoke alarm starts chirping at 3 a.m. on a high ceiling and there's no one to hit it with a broom but you. I snorted. Seriously, though, she said. We've never been single together before. We should embrace this. Hot girl summer. It could be so fun. I think I'm more in the mood for Golden Girls Summer. She seemed to mull this over. This could work, too. I heard more clanking from outside and felt the car move like something was being attached to the bumper. Want to get drinks tomorrow? Bree asked. What time? I have Pilates. After. Okay, sure. I noticed movement in the side mirror. The man had started to walk back over. I stopped petting the dog and rolled my window back up to almost closed. Hey, I whispered to Bree. The guy's coming. Hold on. The man pulled his dog off my car again and leaned down to talk to me through the glass. Can you put the car in neutral? He asked through the one-inch crack. I nodded. When I pull you out, put it in park and turn off the engine until I get the chains off. I nodded again and watched him walk to his truck. A door slammed and his engine started. Then my car lurched, and I slowly rolled out of the embankment and back to the road. He came around the car with a flashlight and looked at the fender. A dragonfly landed on my hood. 
It sat there completely motionless while the man crouched to examine my tires. Then he clicked off the light and went back behind the car. More clanking chain noises, and a minute later he returned to the window. I look the car over. I don't see any damage. You should be fine to drive. Thank you, I said, sliding two $20 bills through the crack. He smiled. This is a freebie. Drive safe. He went back to his truck and honked, putting up a friendly hand as he drove past me into the fog. Now that you guys have heard a short excerpt from this novel, let's get into my review. Now, I decided to rate this book four and a half out of five stars. Let me start off by saying this. If men, like Abby Jimenez writes, existed in real life, a whole lot of us would be less single. Let's be real here. Jimenez has completely obliterated my expectations of men, knowing that characters like Daniel exist. That being said, I loved Part of Your World. At first, I was really getting some serious Schitt's Creek meets Grey's Anatomy vibes. I mean, David and Alexis, anyone? Once I started getting into this book further and the characters developed more, I can definitely see some of the characters being inspired by some pop culture references and maybe even some Disney characters. Now, Jimenez does admit to this in the bonus Q&A section at the end of the book. Daniel is definitely a prince in his own right, and Alexis really gives off Little Mermaid vibes with that red hair and the overbearing dad. One of the things I admired most about Part of Your World was the side characters. Jimenez has already announced that she will be releasing Alexis's best friend Bree's story in spring 2023. But I can honestly see many of these characters having stories of their own. I loved getting to see Daniel's friend Doug and his struggle with PTSD. Jimenez writes him as the comedic relief of the story, which is kind of what he truly needed with such a heavy diagnosis. I also loved hearing Daniel's cousin Liz's story and how important she is to the plot of Alexis's storyline. Truly, there were so many characters that it would be hard to mention them all here, but it's really easy to follow them throughout the plot line. This is not an easy thing to do as a writer. It can be very difficult to make small characters memorable to a reader that is invested in the protagonist. But Jimenez does just that, and she does it incredibly well. Speaking of things this author does well, we need to talk about her ability to write Neil's character and the abuse aspect of this story. As Alexis's ex... There's a lot of backstory with Neil that becomes important to the central plotline of this romance. I think it is so interesting how all of the minor characters view, view Neil versus how Alexis views him. It really illustrates to the reader that emotional abuse is not black and white. There are so many gray areas. Sometimes it's extremely difficult for someone to be brave enough to get out of a relationship like Alexis and Neil's. Alexis doesn't even realize that Neil is a problem in her life until she relies on a capable therapist. And I do think that the most, you know, kind of the way that most abuse stories go, this is a real problem. In real life, it often takes an outside perspective to make it real. And just like Alexis's story, you know, this is something that a lot of people go through. 
So I really do think that a lot of people will be able to connect with Alexis and her relationship or her ex-relationship in some way or another. As far as the plotline and the ending of this romance go, I won't spoil it for you, but I have high hopes for Daniel and Alexis. Even though there are some serious differences between the two of them, their ability to compromise and meet in the middle is really what is going to carry them through. I've read all of Jimenez's other books, and there are definitely a few romances she's written where I wonder whether the characters would have survived their conflicts, aka Jason and Sloane. But I know that Daniel and Alexis will for sure be hashtag end goals. So let's get into my final thoughts. This book was a solid four and a half out of five for me, and I'll tell you why. I would love to see Abby Jimenez write some characters that are more physically realistic. While I love the strife that she puts each of her characters through, think Sloane's grief, Alexis's spousal abuse, Kristen and Vanessa's health issues, I would also love to see a character that struggles with realistic body issues. Each character that this author writes about is stunningly gorgeous, thin, or blonde. They meet some aspect of a beauty standard. I'd love to see a character that maybe doesn't meet those things. Let's see a girl with some cellulite. Or maybe a man without biceps. I definitely think it's within the scope of Jimenez's writing to be able to do this. The other reason I'd rate this story at a four and a half instead of five... I sometimes feel like Jimenez's books are too quick of a read. It's easy to devour them fast, and I think that's because there is a lot of fluff in some sections, especially when it comes to the romance scenes. I'd like to see a little bit more development in our protagonist's point of view. I think Life's Too Short definitely had more of this development aspect than the Happy Ever After playlist or Part of Your World. All of this being said, Jimenez is my favorite romance writer. I absolutely devour her books, and I had this one on pre-order as soon as news of it released. I will continue to be a major supporter of Abby Jimenez for good reason. She's an excellent writer, and I love her stories. It always baffles me that she got her start with Nadia Cakes, as she clearly was meant to be a writer. Though I'll admit I haven't tasted her cupcakes yet. And I'm sure I would be proven wrong given the way she describes them. If you get a chance, go ahead to Amazon to check out part of your world for spring or summer. As I said, I can see this being an excellent book to travel with, especially on beach vacations or on a flight. It's a quick, easy read, and it's really enjoyable. You can check out my review on Abby Jimenez's other novel, The Happy Ever After Playlist, by going to my blog, afterthelastpage.com, or you can listen to the episode through our podcast. If you love this book, let me know on our blog. I would love to hear your thoughts on Daniel and Alexis. Do you think their love story would have made it? Do you think Alexis would have gotten back together with Neil given her circumstances? Be sure to go ahead right to our blog post and leave us a comment to talk more about it. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to After the Last Page. My name is Jackie, and this is the show where I read books 
some trending, some not, and give you my unbiased review. If you liked this episode, go ahead and like and follow our podcast and our blog at afterthelastpage.com. See you next week.